0: Hello, this is Siddharth from newslaundry.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Saturday, the 28th of August. India reported 46,759 new COVID-19 cases, the highest in nearly two months, and over 500 deaths in the last 24 hours. Kerala was the top contributor with 32,801 new infections. According to an Indian Express report, India on Friday administered 10,064,032 vaccine doses under its nationwide vaccination drive. This is the highest number of vaccinations ever achieved in a single day since the start of the vaccination drive. In another significant achievement, India's COVID-19 vaccination coverage crossed the 62 crore landmark as per the 7 pm provisional report today. The centre has extended all existing COVID-19 related protocols in India up to the 30th of September. Noting that the overall pandemic situation in India now appears to be largely stable except for the localized spread of the virus in a few states, the Union Ministry of Home Affairs directed the concerned state governments to take proactive containment measures ahead of the upcoming festival season in the country. An official order in this regard was issued by Home Secretary Ajay Bhalla and sent to the chief secretaries of all states. The government said, that the earlier order regarding the implementation of COVID-19 protocols, which was issued on June 29th, will now be enforced up to thirtieth September. The centre expressed concern over the fact that the total number of active cases and the case positivity rate in some districts across the country continue to remain on the higher side. Five people have been arrested in connection with the gang rape of a student in Mysuru and a vicious assault on her friend, Karnataka DGP Praveen Sood told reporters today. A sixth accused is on the run from the police. All five detainees are labourers from Tamil Nadu's Tiruppur and one of those arrested is a juvenile. The young woman, a 22-year-old MBA student from Maharashtra studying at Mysore University and her friend were attacked at Chamundi Hills late Tuesday evening by a group of men who saw the couple go into the forests and followed them. The men surrounded the couple and demanded money. When they refused to pay, the men beat the young woman's friend and two of the accused allegedly raped her and inflicted severe injuries. Karnataka Home Minister Aragaj Naneendra has said that the police have been unable to record the young woman's statement so far because she is still in shock. Bhavina Patel has become the first Indian to reach the final of a table tennis event in the Paralympics. Bhavina entered the final after winning 3-2 against China's Miao Zhang in the semi-final. Competing in her maiden Paralympics, Patel lost the opening game in a tight contest. She made a strong recovery right after, claiming the next two games. Zhang showed her class and forced the match into a fifth game. In the deciding fifth game, Patel took a timeout, after which she notched up the win. In the quarterfinal on Friday, Patel had defeated 2016 Rio Paralympics gold winner and world number two, Borislava Perik Rankovic of Serbia, to secure a medal and now, having secured the silver, she is going for the gold. Trinamool MP Abhishek Banerjee and his wife Rujira Banerjee have been summoned by the Enforcement Directorate in an alleged money laundering case involving coal smuggling. While the MP from Diamond Harbour has been asked to appear before the agency in New Delhi on September 6th, his wife has been asked to appear before them on September 1st. The lawyer for the Banerjee's, Sanjay Basu, has been told to appear before the agency on September 3rd. Two senior IPS officers of West Bengal Police, Shyam Singh and Gyanwant Singh, have also been summoned by the ED in the same case on September 8th and 9th, respectively. Abhishek Banerjee is also the Trinamool's General Secretary and nephew of Bengal Chief Minister Mafta Banerjee. The Chief Minister reacted to the summons saying, I quote, The BJP is using central agencies against us. End quote. Before I move on to the international news, dear listener, I must take a short moment to make an appeal for you to subscribe to News Laundry. Bringing you hard-hitting reports costs us considerable resources and money, and we do it to keep you informed given the status quo of today's media, where ad money takes the priority over facts and credible information. To help us in our mission of keeping the news independent and informative, you can visit newslaundry.com and click on the subscribe button in the top right-hand corner. Our rates begin as low as Rs. 300 a month. Thank you. On Friday, the U.S. military said it had carried out a drone strike against a planner of the Islamic state Khorasan, the group which claimed credit for the deadly suicide bombing at Kabul airport. Captain Bill Urban of the Central Command stated, and I quote, The unmanned air strike occurred in the Nangarhar province of Afghanistan. Initial indications are that we killed the target. End quote. The strike, launched from outside of Afghanistan, came as the airlift of evacuees from Kabul airport continued under much heightened security after Thursday's attack. It was reported that at least 78 people were killed, including 13 US troops, when a suicide attacker exploded a bomb in the dense crowd in front of the airport's abbey gate. US officials claimed that a gunman opened fire after the explosion, adding to the carnage. The attack was carried out by the violent Afghan arm of the Islamic State group, the Islamic State Khorasan. Following the attack, U.S. President Joe Biden vowed retaliation, which was carried out on Friday. On Friday, U.S. President Joe Biden stated that China was withholding critical information on the origins of COVID-19 after the U.S. intelligence community said it did not believe the virus was a bioweapon, but they do remain split on whether it escaped from a lab. The U.S. President said, and I quote, Critical information about the origins of this pandemic exists with the People's Republic of China. Yet, from the beginning, government officials in China have worked to prevent international investigators and members of the global public health community from accessing it. To this day, the PRC continues to reject calls for transparency and withhold information, even as the toll of this pandemic continues to rise. He further added to his statement and said that the United States would continue to work with allies to press Beijing to share more information and cooperate with the World Health Organization. He further commented, and I quote, We must have a full and transparent accounting of this global tragedy. Nothing less is acceptable. End quote. That's all the news we have for you today. Take care and don't forget your prescription of daily dose. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform.